We are going to continue our series called Life Outside of the Box. And I wanted to start today, we've, we've kind of been in it a little bit. <clears throat> I wanted to start today giving us just a little bit of a, of a review of what it means, what are we talking about outside of the box. We're paralleling what Paul has been writing to the church in Galatians, where they were struggling with this idea of faith and works or works in the law and, and faith in the law and, and, and how to balance these, how to resolve these ideas, what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. And we've kind of done this with this idea of looking at life as being, okay, well, this is, this is my life. You know, I, I kind of have my life. And we've been told, if you will, that life is oftentimes about you know, how much you can fit in, you know, what all you can put into life. It's filling your life with as much as you can, whether it be stuff, whether it be experiences, whether it be education, you know, what, whatever. We're, we're always constantly trying to fit things into our life. And in doing so, there's something that happens, however, that the more we, we try to fit into our life, actually, it begins to it begins to ha- help us have this limited view of life. Even though we think, man, we're fitting a whole lot of things into our life, we're really only looking at it from one perspective, which would be ours. And so we begin to view outside of the box, we begin to view the world around us only through the limited lens of our experience, of our education, of our preferences, of our pains, of our success. That's how we view everything else. Now, some of you would say, well, how else are we supposed to view life? I mean, isn't that what's going to happen to most of it? Well, sure. If we don't work on gaining a different type of perspective or if we don't intentionally work toward seeing this as something different, we're naturally going to default to seeing everything our way, right? So thinking this way, though, we've been talking about this, it leads us to a place where we can get stuck. We kind of get stuck in life. We get stuck with one of two things. We talked about this a little bit last week. We either get stuck by our comfort, which means that we kind of organize and we finally get life kind of situated to a place where it all kind of fits just nice. It gets a little bit comfortable. We get kind of used to the way things are happening, and we just, we just want everything to stop and just stay right there. Because, okay, if the world can just stop at this point in time, I'm comfortable everything fits, everything works. If the kids won't grow anymore, you know, if, if no more debt happens, if, if no more experiences happen, sorry, still working on it. And if we'll just get to that point, we get comfortable and we think this is great. And comfort, as good as that sounds, it's one of those things that can, can lead us to stop moving forward. Because we get scared to take risks because, well, if I take a risk, then I might not be comfortable anymore. Because I kind of like the way things are right now. Why would I leave this behind? Why would I do something else? Why would I take another step? And we talked about this a little bit. Some of the things that affect us more than anything else with our comfort are, one, when we have success. Because when we start having success, it's a lot easier to be comfortable, right? Or two, just time. The fact is that the older we get, the more we kind of go along in the years of life, we kind of have things the way that we want it set. And it's hard to continue 
to kind of pick ourselves up and go, God's got a next level for me. God's got something else. God's got something outside of this box that I'm living in where he wants me to take it to a next step. So comfort can make us stop. But the other thing that can make us stop is control. Now, control is a real misguided concept, I'll say, because anytime you think you're in control of anything, just wait, (laughs) right? I mean, we, we like to have the illusion that we're in control of something until we realize that we're not in control of anything. But we like, we like to put up these boundaries, and we like, to, we like to believe that if I can just put up enough boundaries, if I can just set things in place the way that I want them, then life is going to go the way that I believe is best. Now, the problem with that is, like I said, you're looking at all of life. i got big feet. We'll see if this works. You're looking at all of life from here. You're not really going anywhere it's like I can't see over here because I've stuck myself in this box I'm comfortable here or I'm controlling it here I can't really move outside of this box and that's where we get stuck so that's this idea now what we talked about was that Paul in his letter in dealing with the Galatians he's dealing with a little bit of both of these things First, he's, he's kind of dealing with a little bit of, hey, this is the way that we had to do it, so shouldn't these new people coming to Christ have to do it our way too? You know, hey, I had to, that gummit, I had to do that. Shouldn't they have to do that? No, thank you that we get to move on from some things. Be thankful that some people don't have to endure your stupidity, right? I tell people all the time, please make new mistakes. I made those already. Go make new ones. Go do something else. Help people move on. So he's dealing with a little bit of, well, this is the way I had to do it. They have to do it this way as well. No. And the other thing that he's dealing with was this idea of people saying, well, I understand this set of rules. You know, before Jesus came, we kind of had it all figured out. We knew how this church thing worked and how we had it set up. And I understood these rules and I had to do these rules. Shouldn't they have to do these rules? So that's what he's dealing with. But let's remember just a little bit. The difference between the perspective from our limited view in this box versus God's view. If you'll remember a few weeks back, we did this where I said this box is actually sitting on the stage inside this church, right? So here's our church. And if you can kind of see where it says First Baptist Church of Weatherford, there's actually a little circle there. That's right about where this box is sitting right now. I don't know how Google sees me here, but there it is. And so... When we start to think about this, that, well, my life is just one of many lives that are actually sitting inside this building right now, and actually, my life is one of many lives that are in this building, which happens to be in this city, which is a pretty big place, you know? You start thinking about that, well, I'm just kind of one box, the perspective that's in this building, that's in this city, which happens to be in this state, right? And we're... We're kind of over here where the T is in Fort Worth because Fort Worth is a long name, but we kind of go out there 20 miles. And we're, we're kind of over there. And you think about, now just stop, just stop right there. Now think about all of the people that are just in that picture looking through life just through their box. Just that. But then it goes even bigger. We got all these people in this state which are part of this nation, right? And we got all the people in the nation which are in this world. And Psalm 24 tells us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so what I've been challenging us with is we actually have this idea of following Jesus backwards. We're trying to experience life by taking as many things as we can and trying to fit them 
inside this box to say that I have a full life because of what I can fit in here. We're trying to fit that into this. It's never going to work. But if we'll tip this over, and if we'll live outside the box, and we'll start realizing that my life is one of many, though, but it's part of a plan of a God who has the whole earth and everything in it under his control, then I can see where I fit, and I can experience life that's greater than anything that I thought that I could experience on my own just from my limited perspective. But to do that, I have to get outside of the box. And this is what Paul's talking about today. We're going to continue this today because life outside the box is a life that will fully embrace the fact that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It's a life that embraces the fact that in the beginning, God created and he continues to be a creator today. It's a life that, that works as hard as it can, not to see from the limited perspective of their box, but through a faith in God. Not a set of rules, not a law that comes from God, but a faith and a relationship with him. And we're going to pick this up in Galatians 3, starting in verse 26, where Paul is continuing to try to lead this idea home. And he says this, beginning in verse 26. We read a little bit of this last week, but we'll continue on. It says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. What Paul's saying at that point in time is, look, the Gentiles, the Jews, all who have come together, who've given their life to Christ, you're all children of God. We need to quit looking like, well, they need to do this, and I've got to follow this, and they should have done that. We need to just look at this, that, hey, we're all children of God. Verse 27, he says, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, there is, nor is there male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And then he goes on in, in chapter 4 and he gives a little illustration. He says, what I'm saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he's no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. So what is it that Paul's really trying to drive home here? As he speaks to the church and says, look, you, you've got to move on from these things that are in the past. You've got to realize exactly what it is that Christ has done. What is he trying to drive home? Let me ask you this question. Because I know some of you are going to kind of, we're going to have some people on both sides of this fence. If you could go back and start in middle school and live life again, would you? 
You see, I wouldn't go back to middle school. I don't care what you paid me. I, I like been there, done that. And all here, middle schoolers in here, yeah, pray for them, okay? Just pray for them. I would just say, you know, go back to elementary school and do it all. No, I, I, see, I don't want to go back and do it. I, don't, I enjoyed the time. It wasn't that bad. But, you know, the more I started thinking about it, I think there was a point in my life when I, when I kept thinking, oh, it'd be cool to go back and live that over again. And now I'm going, I don't ever want to go back and live those things over again. I don't know where you are on that, but I think you reach a point in time where you go, okay, I, I, do, I don't want to live backwards anymore. I don't want the best times of my life to constantly be behind me. I want them to be in front of me. I don't want to live even thinking about the mistakes that I made in the past. I want to be able to move on from those as well and say, God, you got something different than then, and he can continue to move me forward. So have you ever thought about that? You know, if you could go back, would you? Because this is exactly what Paul is dealing with. He said, guys, you're trying to go back. You're trying to go backwards. You're trying to do things that Christ has already taken care of all these things. And so there's a few things this morning I want to just show you from this passage that Paul is really driving home. The first one that he drives home is this, is that we're one in Jesus. This idea that, that I'm a Jew and these Gentiles have to do this thing to come to Christ because Christ came for the Jews and, and he's the Messiah, we need to let go of that. This idea that, well, I'm something of status in the community and these, these people are no status in the community, we need to let go of that. Paul really drives home the fact that we are one in Jesus Christ, meaning what? Meaning that because of Jesus, the spiritual playing field is leveled. It's leveled. There's no hierarchy and there's no status that we can achieve that somehow lets us be more of a child of God than somebody else. We're his children. We're all one in Christ. And Paul's really trying to drive this home because everything that the Galatians were seeing from their limited perspective or from their limited view and that people had put in there was to say that, no, there's a certain system here that has to work. There's a way that this has to happen. There are things that need to be put into place so that people can, can grow in their faith in God and, and they, get more, you know, they get more mature with God. They get less mature. You know, my kids have been my kids since the day they were born. They'll be my kids till the day that I'm gone. They don't become more my kids when they do something right. They don't become less my kids when they do something wrong. My kids are my kids. We're all the Holloways, and you have to put up with every one of us. Amen? All right? I mean, we're, that, that's it. And this is what Paul's saying. Once, the, once Jesus Christ has adopted us all, we're, we're all his sons and daughters. That's it. We're all one. And so you need to let go of these statuses, these barriers, these walls. You know, the people who were baptized today are just as, just as right with God as you are who've been walking with Christ for 60 years. There's not some mystical journey that they have to reach on to reach a level where we all go, oh, welcome to the club. You didn't know about this part of the club, but it, it doesn't happen. We're all one in Christ. And this is what Paul's trying to drive home. Quit trying to set up these boundaries or these things where you think that you have to control the process and just let people be one in Christ. And Paul, the second thing here, he drives this idea home with the illustration of an underage heir. Now, Previously, what he was talking about is that the law was given to us as a guardian until Christ came. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And that may be an odd idea to, to wrap your mind around today. But what he was saying is that from the time that God made the promise to Abraham 
to the time that Jesus Christ came, God gave us the law to hold things in place until the time that the seed came, which the seed was Jesus Christ. And so what he's making the illustration today is to say, look, let me talk to you about an underage heir. An underage heir, if you think about it, with they say that they're going to inherit this whole thing when they turn a certain age, right? And so what Paul is saying is you understand that they own it all, but they have no access to it because they haven't matured and reached that point yet. He said that's what we were like when we were living under the law is that God had given us the law to hold us in place to wait until the time came for Jesus. But before Jesus, we were like these underage heirs where God wanted to give us everything, but we weren't there yet. And so though we own it all, we can't access it. We can't enjoy it because the time had not yet come. While we're underage, the inheritance, it's under the control of guardians and trustees. We don't, we don't get to live in this freedom. And that's what the law was, that guardian until the time came. And that's why Paul continues to look at them and go, why would you want to go back to that? Now you have this freedom in Jesus Christ. Why would we want to go back and throw all these rules and regulations and laws and things that confine it? The only reason that you would want to do that, and he, Paul doesn't say it, but you can read it from here, is either comfort or control. Is that freedom, let's, let's be honest about freedom. Let's be honest about freedom in our nation today. Freedom makes us uncomfortable. Because people are free to do whatever they want. And in their freedom, they at times choose to do things that make us very uncomfortable, right? Because when we look at it from our box, I don't like their box. And when they look at it from their box, they don't like our box. But we're free to believe and live how we want. And honestly, that makes us uncomfortable. And if we were all kind of dug down to the core of our hearts, we would truly say that really freedom is not what we want. We really want conformity. We want everybody to see life the way we want to see it. I mean, let's just be honest, okay? We don't embrace this idea of freedom as much as we truly embrace this idea of conformity is that my way is the right way. And if everybody would see that, then we would all be happy. And that's uncomfortable sometimes when people begin to express their freedom in a way that's different than our freedom. And we see that in our culture today. And it's right to disagree and it's right to see things different. I'm not saying that we should just embrace freedom and let everybody do what they want. I, I honestly don't believe that. We it's the fact that people have given their lives and they've paid the ultimate price so that we can have the freedom to worship today and people can have the freedom to stay home and in bed today. And we have the freedom to go out to lunch or we have the freedom to go home to lunch or we have freedoms that I am so thankful for. But when we look at actual life and we think, how's this going to work the best? The truth is, is that all of us have something deep down inside that it's not really freedom as the ultimate thing that we want. We want people to see things our way. That's ultimately what we want. Now, here's the, here's the truth of this. If you'll embrace that, it'll help you. It'll help you. It'll help you calm down a little bit. Because then when you look at things and you say, you know what, I really just want them to see it my way, so I need to take a breath when they don't. As opposed, to, as opposed to hiding behind this mask of freedom. <laughs> no, no. Freedom means they get to do that. Freedom means they get to act that way. And this is what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, 
guys, in the church, you're mad at the new believers in the church because they're experiencing freedom in Christ. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to put these laws and these things on them to control them or to make you comfortable for the way they're behaving. And God's saying, no, I came and died so that you can have freedom. Now, let me tell you another thing about freedom. Freedom means that we're going to make some poor choices, doesn't it? Let's be honest, because none of us are perfect. Freedom means that, that as I've grown up in my life, I don't even have to pick on my kids with this one. As I experience freedom, I sometimes took that freedom in places that freedom didn't need to go. I sometimes made choices with that freedom that wasn't the best that I needed to, needed to do. I mean, we have all kinds of freedoms that we have, but we don't always use that freedom in the right way. So this is what Paul is saying. Hey, let's not be upset that God has made us free. Let's just understand that we're all one and that the earth is the Lord's and everything is in it is his. And if we will follow him and see things from his perspective, we'll get a lot further in life than viewing it from our perspective. So Paul's trying to drive home this idea. We're one in Christ. He drives it home with this illustration of an underage heir saying, look, you don't want to go back. You've now been given freedom. The price has been paid. This is all yours to enjoy. Why would we want to go backwards? The third thing he drives home here is that because of Jesus, it's only because of Jesus Christ that the time has come for us to enjoy what God has for us. It's only because of Jesus. It's not because of our works. It's not because of the law. It's not because of the things of the past. It's only because of Jesus Christ. Jesus redeemed those who were under the law, and he gave us the full rights of a child. Now, the full rights of a child, meaning that everything that I have is yours. That's the full rights of a child. Now, stop and think about how awesome of a deal that we get in Christ. That not only does he say, hey, I'm your savior, and if you follow me, then you can be a good servant, and you can hang out with me, and that's good. He goes, no, you, have, you are now my child. And as my child, you now have access to everything that I have, because what I have is yours. The earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it. And if we're his, then the earth is the Lord's, and I am the Lord's. And if we even go back to Genesis 1 where he says, go subdue the earth, Go and multiply, subdue the earth, go out and live your life. What God has wanted from the start is for us to be able to enjoy life under his care, worshiping him, living with other people around, and helping us all move in glory and relationship to God. That's what he wants for us. But we keep trying to take that idea and going, I don't want to share, I just want to stick it into here. I just want it for myself. I don't want, if you want, I just, mine. My box. I live from my box. And Jesus continues to give us the invitation of get outside your box and begin to experience true life. The last thing that he says in here in this verse is he says that we're no longer slaves to the law. We're no longer slaves to the law. So why would we want to go back to that? We're God's children with full rights of a child. And, and really, if you just kind of boil it down, this is what Paul is saying. He's saying that if you think about the idea of grace, that equals maturity and adulthood of your faith, if you will. That the idea of grace, that Jesus Christ did things for us that we did not deserve, that we could not do on our own, that we did not earn, it's through His grace that we have a relationship. It's through God's grace that anybody else has a relationship with Him. When we embrace that, that's the maturity of the faith. 
He said, but as long as you continue to hold on to this idea of the law, that there's, there's these rules that are set in place, there's this law that you have to follow, that's immature, that's childhood, that's control. Now, the more I thought about this week, and you know, a lot of times you share illustrations when you're preaching, and you, you understand every illustration breaks down somewhere. But I just honestly started thinking more about the fact of what, what do we want for any of us who are children? for any of us who are parents. We want our children to eventually grow up. We want them to leave. And we want them to go out and to experience life and freedom. We don't really want them to be confined and controlled by us all of our life. That's not what we want. We want them to go and enjoy life. We want them to go and experience that. The more I thought about that, the more I thought, it's exactly what Paul's saying for us. God wants us to get outside of the box and go enjoy life. He wants us to go experience the creation that he has. He wants us to go experience the world. He wants us to get outside of our way of thinking, embrace his way of thinking, and understand that the law that you had once confined you, and it was purposeful for a season, but now you're free, and you need to go experience this freedom. You see, life in Jesus is freedom. This is what Paul's saying. Life in Jesus is freedom. And we're free to live however we choose. And we've been saying that for this entire series. You're free to choose. But there's so much more that that happens outside of your box than will ever happen inside of your box. It's not about fitting life into yours that makes a difference. It's how we live beyond ourselves that will truly matter. So why wouldn't we want to let go, and this is the key word, why wouldn't we want to let go, Paul says, of our self-imposed limitations? You realize that, right? The limitations that we're putting on our relationship with Christ, he hasn't done that. These are self-imposed limitations that are keeping us from experience the freedom in Christ and the life that he has for us. Why wouldn't we want to let go of those and live a life that only comes through following the one who created our life in the first place? It's a creator God who knows how your life perfectly fits in the place and in the time that he has put you. And that path to experiencing that full life only comes through following Jesus by grace, through faith, not by the law, not by works. And it's in realizing that the one who made the earth and everything in it, and this is the point that we have to get to, we have to realize that the one who made the earth and everything in it probably has a better perspective on how life works than I have from my limited view. And if I will trust him, that's when I can begin to experience life. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you for your word. And even beyond that, we thank you for the freedom that comes in knowing you. That it is by grace that we have been saved and not by works so that none of us could boast, God. And God, I pray that I know that there are some who are struggling with with letting go or moving on from some of the things that are keeping them from experiencing a freedom and a faith in you that they never have experienced. And I pray you'd give them the boldness to take that step of faith. 
God, I know there are some who are listening to this who have never come to that point of giving you their life. They don't know what that means. They don't understand it. God, I pray that they would take that first step of faith to say, I want to know Jesus Christ as Lord. I want to begin to follow him. And God, for those who have been following you, I pray that you would continue to challenge us to get outside of our box, to experience life in a new way that only comes through the view of a creator God and help us to align our hearts with yours and our eyes with yours so that we can see this world the way that you intend for it to be and our place in it, God. And God, now I pray that you would move in the hearts and the lives of people, that you would challenge and comfort and encourage those that need to respond to you today, God, that you would help them to respond to you. 